What's up, fellow hard units? Welcome back to the Build and Keep Fitness Podcast. We are back with Season 0. My name is Timothy Averill. Thank you so much for joining me as I document and share with you all my fitness and entrepreneurial journey, including the challenges I face, progress I make, and things I'm learning along the way for you to benefit from. I butchered that intro again, but you're used to that at this point. Today, I'm talking about a topic I actually mentioned in one of last week's last week's episodes talking about bulking and cutting um i realized as i was talking in that episode i mentioned the terms caloric surplus and caloric deficit and i realized i had never properly explained um at least in its own separate episode what that means um first those of you who are more experienced and have looked into nutritional information you probably already know what this means um but caloric surplus and caloric deficit are two terms that if you're newer to this um and you're still looking at how to work out and trying to figure out how to work out, maybe how to eat right. Um, these are two terms that you need to know because they're very important. And I'm going to talk about them today. I'm going to define them, um, put them into kind of scenarios as to like why you'd want to use them. And then I'm also going to talk about some a little bit maybe misconceptions surrounding these. Um, and then at the end, I'm also going to add in a few extra kind of bonus nutritional tips. They're relatively basic nutritional tips, but if you're new, they're very, very important to listen to. So for those of you who are more experienced into nutritional info, this episode is not necessarily for you. However, I would recommend still listening to it in case one of the th- pieces of information that I share is something that you weren't aware of, or maybe something that you had forgotten about to kind of put it back into your head and put it back into your focus. So I'd still listen, but I wouldn't really expect any huge revelations. <laughs> what revelations for those of you who maybe have been looking into this kind of information for a long time? So, without further ado, let's get into it. First off with just defining what they are. Um, Caloric surplus and caloric deficit are two terms that relate to the amount of calories that you consume in a day and the amount of calories that you burn off in a day, what through exercise and then as well as basic basal, not basic, basal metabolic rate or BMR. BMR is something you can calculate um, online. You can just calculate that with any basic BMR calculator. You can just input your weight and your height measurements and that'll get you a basal metabolic rate and that's an approximation of how many calories you burn in a day just doing nothing if you were to just live like sedentarily like if you're just going to spend a day sitting and watching tv that's about how many calories you'll burn in a day that's an important measurement that you should take and you should find out because that helps determine where your caloric surplus and caloric deficit um like how many calories you need to be at roughly to um achieve this um so first of all, caloric surplus is essentially when the amount of calories you consume is more than the amount of calories you burn, and then deficit's the opposite. You burn more calories than you consume. And these, for again, for those people who are newer, you might not know why you need to know these terms or what they're used for. Um, they're basically used to determine how many calories you should be eating a day um, in order to be in a caloric surplus or deficit depending on if you're trying to gain or lose weight. This is where the importance really comes in. Because for those of you who are like myself, like hard gainers, um, which is who I generally like to market this podcast to, I say market, but generally like to make this podcast for, um, you're going to want to be in a caloric surplus. The simple fact is you cannot gain weight if you are not in a caloric surplus. You just can't. It's not going to work. If you are burning more than you're consuming, you're not going to gain weight. You might gain muscle mass but you're going to like gain potentially gain some muscle mass and then lose a lot more fat and for those of you who are like underweight or already have really low fat percentages you don't necessarily want to be losing a ton of fat um so you're going to want to be in a caloric surplus to maintain a healthy level of fat and um not 
starve yourself and then continue to gain muscle mass and mass as well. Um, for those of you who are trying to like lose weight, you're going to want to be in a caloric deficit. What a caloric deficit does is it's going to decrease the amount of, well, obviously calories you're consuming so that your body's trying to consume more calories that you have stored in your own body, mostly in the form of like um, adipose tissue, which contains like fat, like fatty tissues, um, lipids, that kind of stuff. Um, and what you're going to want, one thing you want to keep in mind here is because of how the body works, your body's only going to really go to those fat stores um, to break down those fats and turn it into glucose in your bloodstream to use this energy for your, like your muscles and the rest of your body. It's only going to do that if your blood, um, if the amount of glucose you have, or in other words, to make this simpler, the amount of simple carbs you're consuming is relatively low. So if you're just eating constant, constant, constant chips, your body's having a constant supply of simple carbohydrates. So why would it need to use your like adipose tissue, your um, your fatty tissues and your fat storage to power your body? It just won't need to. So with being in a caloric deficit, you need to be mindful of the amount of uh, carbs you consume. Now I'm not gonna. I'm not one of those people who are like, no carbs. You should never eat carbs because I think that's absurd. And you need to be eating carbs for your body because that's just how your body is going to optimally work. Um, carbs are like the um, optimum energy source for a lot of different tissues, one of them being tissues in your brain. Um, that was mentioned in my intro to nutrition class. Fortunately, I can't remember the exact term, but I remember that for some tissues in your brain, um, for some cells and some tissues, carbs are its preferred energy source. So saying that you need to cut carbs from your diet completely is absurd in any situation. However, for those of you who are really trying to like lose fat and lose like fat mass, you do need to be mindful. So if you're, for instance, eating 2,000 calories a day, to be in a caloric deficit, you should not, a large part of that should not be carbs. You shouldn't be consuming a ton of carbs. You shouldn't, like, let's say you're trying to eat 2,000 calories a day, and then like 1,800 of those calories are chips and simple carbohydrates. Obviously, that that's not where you want to be, right? You need to have, first of all, just a good balance, whether you're being in a surplus or deficit. You need to have a balance of different, um, the different macros. So you shouldn't be going like all protein because you need fats and carbs for energy and for different functions right you shouldn't be going like no carbs because you need carbs you need to have a balance and for those of you who don't really know what the right balance could be um a quick kind of um information dump on you um there's in the nation there are like recommendations for dietary restrictions and stuff like that there's a lot of information out there that you can look for um one of those recommendations being the amount of calories you should get from carbs, from fat, from protein. So a good general recommendation, and this is a range of percentages, right? So depending on if you're trying to gain or lose weight, you can adjust this range. But for most people, I would suggest staying in this range unless you've talked to like a doctor or a nutritionist or someone who's like specialized and knows what they're talking about and are like certified and professional for this field. In general, I would recommend staying in these ranges because these are the recommended ranges. <clears throat> Um, for the amount of calories you're wanting from carbohydrates, you're going to want a percentage of 45 to 65% of your total calories coming from carbohydrates. Again, because that's the just the quick, the simple energy source for your body. Um, you're going to want about 20 to 35% from fat and 10 to 35% from protein. For those of you who are trying to lose weight, I would recommend maybe having a little bit on the lower side for the carbohydrates and a little bit on the lower side of that percentage for fat and then maybe on the higher side of that percentage for protein. Um, keeping in mind that having a high intake of protein is going to have an increase in your uh, muscle mass. So if you are trying to like 
strictly lose weight. Ma muscle mass is heavier than fat mass. So even if you if you're doing this kind of diet where you're gaining a lot of muscle mass, right, and you're looking on the scale and your numbers going up, that might be demoralizing for you. But I want to let you know that that's it's still very possible to be losing fat and then increasing how heavy you are, right? So you could be losing a lot of fat mass, but then you get on the scale and you gain a few pounds. Don't let that discourage you because if you're still seeing like in your body, like aesthetically, you're seeing your fat decrease. That that should be an indicator to you that you're gaining muscle mass, not that you're not losing fat. Okay, so that's an important distinction you want to keep in mind so that you don't become discouraged. As well as just the idea that maybe these results that you're trying to get in terms of losing fat mass aren't going to come immediately, right? So if you work out for a week and then you look on the scale and you haven't seen any results, that doesn't mean that it's not working. It just might mean that you need to wait a little bit longer. Okay, so be patient, stay with it, don't get discouraged, and keep those things in mind. In general, those recommendations, again, like I said, I will stay within them. Um, if you're a skinnier guy like me, um, a large amount of carbohydrates is a good idea because especially if you're very active, if you're super active, you're definitely going to want to have a large percentage of carbohydrates if you're on the skinnier side um, because you don't want to be, again, losing a ton of fat mass, especially if you already have like a really low fat percentage. Like I think my estimated fat percentage, it's less than 10% for sure. It's like close to 5%. So if you're like me, you definitely do not want to be cutting carbs, cutting fats because you don't, there's a point where having a really low fat percentage, body fat percentage can get dangerous. You don't, if you're already a low body fat percentage, you don't want to be getting too far in, into that potential danger zone. You want to keep having carbs as a quick energy source for all the activity you're doing throughout the day, and then make sure you're having an adequate protein intake. There are a lot of different numbers out there that you can use to estimate the amount of protein that you're um, intaking. Um, there are some episodes, I, or there are some videos that I would look at on, I think, I don't remember exactly what channel, but Athlean X, Jeff Nivard, Jeremy Ethier, the three I always recommend. I would check them out on YouTube, seeing or looking for videos on how much protein you should intake per day. I would check those guys out to look for more information on that. I am not a personal trainer or a professional, so I don't really feel comfortable giving you that recommendation, as well as there's just so many different numbers for that, that I would check out them. Um, so <laughs> that was a little bit ranty. That was, I kind of went over a lot of different topics there. Sorry if you got lost, you can feel free to like pause or re-listen to if you need to. That was just some information in general about um, macronutrients and about protein intake and stuff like that, that um, you might want to keep in mind if you're trying to gain or lose weight. Um, so I also wanted to go over some quick, like simple common misconceptions surrounding caloric surplus and caloric deficit. One of them being that for caloric surplus, you want to do, essentially I talked about this in a previous episode, like bulking, right? A lot of people take being in a caloric surplus as trying to bulk and just eating as much food as they can and in a lot of cases, eating a lot of cases, eating a ton of junk food, right? That is simply not the case, right? Depending on your BMR, a caloric surplus could be like two thousand calories for you. That's I would probably say that's a little bit unlikely, but it could be like two thousand to twenty five hundred calories, which you can easily get in a day as long as you just structure your meals appropriately and like actually put effort and like thought into what you're going to be eating in a certain day. You can very easily hit twenty five hundred calories without cramming in a bunch of junk food right for those of you who are maybe like more active or potentially like skinnier and have larger bmr bmr wow i just stuttered a lot bmrs 
right? For those of you who need to eat a lot more calories, even people who need to eat 3,000 calories, you can, or even 3,500 calories, which most people aren't going to need to eat that much. Um, but for those of you who are maybe in like the 2,800, 3,200 range, roughly, um, you can still get that many calories, again, as long as you're mindful about what you're eating and you like think ahead, right? You can increase the amount of calories you're consuming in a meal. Um, for those of you who are skinnier and can maybe use more um, like fat, um, incorporating more like unsaturated fats, um, such as like olive oil or other kinds of like vegetable oil into your meals, uh, maybe adding a, a little bit extra than you normally would. That's a good way to easily, very easily increase cal caloric intake and get you some of that some of that fat that's still like some of those good fats um and increased calories like i said for bigger guys out there who are having a lot of um excuse me who already have a lot of fat mass i wouldn't recommend that for especially because like i said that's for trying to increase calories and most people who are bigger are trying to be in a caloric deficit and lose um <clears throat> excuse me and lose fat mass so for that i would just say there are foods that you want to look for that have like high fiber or High fiber content is a really good one to look for because that helps increase or helps with, uh, say, I never know how to say this word, S-A-T-I-E-T-Y, being like sated, which basically means it's going to control like your appetite. So a lot of people who are bigger and a lot of people who are smaller as well have problems with portion sizes and like keeping themselves from eating too much. Um, this can help with that. Eating high fiber foods can really help with that. Additionally, for me, I just find certain foods help kind of kill, um, not really kill an appetite, but control an appetite. Um, for example, one thing, and this is kind of outside the box, but I, I, I have a sweet tooth, right? I like sweets. I like things with sugar and I get, I definitely get sugar cravings consistently, right? And even though I am skinny and I can deal with getting, having that, those extra calories from car like simple carbohydrates, Having too much sugar in your diet, period, is not good for anyone, regardless of your like body type, body size. Um, and I also have like a family history of diabetes, so I need to pay attention to that and make sure I don't potentially develop diabetes down the road. One really good way um, that I use when I can, admittedly I can't use it all the time because I don't have access to it all the time, um, is using like sparkling water that has a flavor in it because it's still kind of it's a little sweet for me. It has a flavor in it, like for instance, bubbly, um, B-U-B-L-Y. It's in like Walmart and stuff like that. It's great. I love it. Um, and it helps kind of cut that need for a sweet. So if I'm like feeling something sweet and I grab a sparkling water and I drink it, not only am I cutting, like I'm, I'm satisfying that need for something sweet, right? I'm not adding a ton of calories where, which this is, that's really good for people who are trying to be in a caloric deficit. I'm doing that without adding any calories because it's water, right? I'm also again, because I'm cutting, because I'm replacing that need for something sweet with water, I'm not going to have a ton of sugar as well. I am, and on top of that, I'm getting more water in. So if, for, if you're someone who like struggles with drinking more water, right? Incorporating water with like, like bubbles with sparkling water and water with the flavor are two good ways to increase your water intake. That was just an extra tip that's not really related to this episode, but I thought I would put that in. <clears throat> excuse me, put that in in general. Another thing that's for me, like an example of food that kind of helps with appetite control, not that I personally really need it, but if I'm just trying to sit down and do some work and then I'm constantly thinking about snacks and snacks and snacks and snacks, obviously that gets annoying and I want to stop thinking about snacks. So one thing I, one food for me that helps do that is it's a food called tofu. Some of you might know, um, it's like a food that's often used in like East Asian cuisine. Um, tofu is essentially, it's soy, 
it's like a it's a block of soy protein essentially is what it is um it has a very subtle flavor um um and honestly i eat it with just salt um i, that, I know that's probably a lot weird for a lot of people but how i grew up um i'm gluten-free obviously which i've mentioned before on this channel so i grew up being taken to a lot of like sushi places and kind of like east asian food places which again i mean they're generally all sushi places but a lot of them would have tofu right and tofu is a good protein source it's a good plant-based protein source it has very little carbs and fat so it's like pretty much like i said a block of protein um which is cool um but i would always be taken to like restaurants and i could never have tofu how it was served which is with like a lot of different sauces and stuff because a lot of the sauces would have gluten in them so i would always just get um what we would call cold tofu which is just tofu and then with some salt so i'm used to that and i enjoy the taste of it a lot of people who have tried tofu don't like it especially not with sauces that's fine but just an example for me because it's like high, i guess because it's high protein um i'm not really sure how much fiber it has um but for me that really helps if i just have some tofu it helps to regulate appetite and stops my need for like excessive snacking on top of that i just looked it up um it turns out tofu has it contains some dietary fiber, not a ton, but it contains a little bit of dietary fiber, and it also contains omega-3 fatty acids, which is, it's fat, but that's like one of the best kinds of fat you can get, so I still would recommend this to pretty much anyone, and it's not in, in excess, so it's not going to be like, if you're looking for caloric deficit and looking to lose fat mass, this isn't going to hinder that at all, but I did look it up, and both of those fiber and omega-3 fatty acids are both things that contribute to feelings of fullness, or like satiety. <laughs> Every time I say it, it sounds worse. It contributes to that, which is what I was talking about. So it does help. It is actually something that can um, help fulfill you and um, satisfy your hunger or your appetite. I didn't actually know that before this episode, so I'm glad I did this episode so I could look that up and see. Um, another, the only other really misconception that's like a very common one that I um, could think of was like I talked about in my previous episode about bulk and cutting. The idea that you can be in a caloric that you can't be in a caloric deficit and still gain mass, right? This is mostly for um, bigger people who are trying to um, maybe lose fat mass or just lose weight in general, but then trying to also gain mass. For people who want to do something like bulking and cutting, but maybe don't like bulking and cutting or are looking for another option, this is something that definitely helps. I mentioned it in the previous episode again about bulking and cutting, but basically the misconception that you can't be in a caloric deficit and gain mass is false. Because you can be in a caloric deficit and lose fat tissues, like because of what I talked about early, earlier, which is that your body uses fat, can use your fat as an energy source. So you can be in a caloric deficit in a way that uses your fat as its energy source, but then still have a high enough protein content in your overall diet, um, like a high percentage of protein intake, where you can be gaining muscle mass while still being in that caloric deficit. That's an important point. Um, that I wanted to clear up in case you didn't see my bulking and cutting episode. It's very important to know that because a lot of people who are bigger feel like maybe bulking and cutting is their only option or they simply can't do both. When you can, you absolutely can do both and it's an option that a lot of people have used and a lot of people have seen results from. Okay, that's it for today's episode. Um, it is a little bit shorter. It's still, it's, geez, it's still 20 minutes. Um, I hope, hopefully 20 minute episode isn't a, is bad for you guys because I can do episodes that are longer. This was meant to be a little bit shorter, so 20, episodes, 20 minutes is okay for me. Hopefully you enjoyed and you didn't find it too like over complicated for those of you who are newer. 
Um, hopefully you were able to digest this all well. Um, if not, you can always like pause, re-listen because I know I can talk a little bit fast. Um, additional resources that you want to use for this. Again, the three YouTube people that I always recommend, Jeff Nippard, Jeremy Ethier, and Jeff Cavalier, his channel name is AthleteX. Um, look at those guys for new, um, for more information on these topics. Um, there's also someone named, I think he's Matt Does Fitness. He's a body, he's a bodybuilder. Um, I recommend the three over that over him because they are like their content is incredible. But he's also a pretty good resource uh, I find for some information as well. And he also makes some fun content too. So I would check out any of those guys. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully this this um, episode was helpful for you, whether you were newer and even potentially for some of you who are who um know already know some. Maybe you found a piece of information in this episode that helped you out or. Uh, reminded you of something that you had forgotten so you can refocus on that for you newer people hopefully this explained caloric deficit and caloric surplus why you want to do them and some things you want to keep in mind while you're trying to achieve caloric surplus or caloric deficit thank you guys so much for listening um i'll see you for the next episode which will be coming out on wednesday and then the episode after that which will be coming out on friday have a great day and goodbye